Today with Catherine Ruinala. It is so wonderful to be with you in the presence of God tonight. And I want to encourage every one of you as we lean in to listen, that the, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Give me ears to hear. Not just, don't just take it in and think, well, we'll see what this is like. But actually ask the Lord, speak to me, Lord. Pray right now, Lord, speak to me. Help me to, to hear your voice and to be equipped, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I've been sharing recently on Matthew chapter 6, and there's a beautiful prayer there that Jesus teaches us as his disciples. The disciples have said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And we know it as the Lord's Prayer. The disciples had seen how Jesus would go up on the mountain, he'd pray all night, and they, they, they wanted to know, how do you have that connection with the Father? And so he said, in this manner, pray. In fact, he began by saying, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and then in this manner, pray. Now, my very first sermon I ever preached, I was 14, and it was at youth group, and I, I taught on having your own personal quiet time. And I look at it now and I think, that's actually been my life message. Having our intimate, personal time with God is everything. When we find Him as our friend, as our Lord, as the one that we can have fellowship with, as the one that we can have intimate relationship with, we have found everything. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. As you delight in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. It is the key to everything. It is, in fact, the meaning of life. Because the Bible tells us that you and I were created in the image of God for fellowship with God himself. We weren't created like the animals in different images. We were created in the image of God so that God could have fellowship with you and I and that we could have fellowship with him. And when sin entered the world and, and separated us from God, the plan of God all along was to make a way for that beautiful fellowship to be fully restored. And when Jesus came, he who knew no sin became sin, died on a cross, an innocent man taking on the sin of the whole world. And as he died, he said, it is finished. In that it was done, a way was made for you and I to be fully restored without shame, without sin, without condemnation, back into fellowship with the Father so that we could boldly approach the throne of grace. Light can't have any fellowship with darkness, the Bible says. And any sin, a lustful thought, an angry, unforgiving thought is, is sin, and you cannot get rid of sin. You cannot pay for your own sin because the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. 
And so without a savior, we are lost. We are unable to be in fellowship with the one who is light. So Jesus, God himself, humbled himself as a man, came to earth and rescued us. He made the way for us to be able to receive his salvation when we receive him as Savior and Lord. The Bible says that he takes away our sin. He takes away our iniquity, which is our crookedness, everything about us that's not, not right, not clean, not holy. That he comes to give us peace and he comes to make us holy. Hallelujah. This is the good news of the gospel. His name is Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But when we receive him, hallelujah, we are then brought into fellowship with God. Everlasting relationship. But you see, the, the one thing the enemy is most afraid of with believers is you engaging in fellowship with God. Because the Bible tells us that um, it's only when we are looking in the mirror and reminding ourselves of what we look like that we can actually do the works of Jesus. In the book of James, it says, if any man's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man that's looked at his natural face in a mirror and then walked away and forgotten what he looks like. But instead, we, you and I are called to look at him, to engage with him in prayer each day so that we, as we behold him, are reminded of the truth of who we have become in him. Hallelujah. If we've sinned, praise God. As we bring him our sin, he gives us his mercy and his grace and he, he doesn't call us guilty. Hallelujah. He calls us forgiven and doesn't even remember our sin. Our wonderful father is the father that Jesus described in the story of the prodigal son. Every time you come to him and you're, you're feeling like a hypocrite, feeling like you've messed up, you've gone too far, oh, I spent hours thinking about that and it was so wrong, oh God, I'm so embarrassed, I'm so ashamed, oh, I'm so sorry, here I am, I'll, I'll come to church and I'll worship you, but I don't expect a big encounter with you or any great revelation because, you know, I know we've had this issue but instead, the Father, instead of looking at us like humans look at each other and holding things against us or feeling offended, the moment you come to him in faith, believing that he forgives you, he runs toward you with a big smile on his face and scoops you up in his arms to say, oh, my son, my daughter. And his love and his joy is beyond human comprehension. That's why the Bible says we need to pray for supernatural strength, for the Holy Spirit to strengthen us with might on the inside so that we can comprehend this love that passes knowledge because it isn't, it isn't humanly understandable. He is so much better than we deserve. That's why Paul prays that we would know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's speaking about, he's telling this to believers. When he, when he writes this, he says, I pray for you that you would know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is, you'd have a daily revelation of his grace. That today, if you're feeling a bit sad and sorry for yourself because you've not done very well 
or you've been engaging in sin or you've done something, you've repented, but you still feel condemned. The Lord wants you to have faith in his mercy, have faith in his grace and receive what you can have no part in earning. Hi friends, I hope you've been enjoying our programs and that they're filling your heart with love and hope. This program's being watched around the world and we're hearing great testimonies about salvations, physical healings, deliverances, relationships restored and circumstances turning around supernaturally. I'd love to hear your testimony. Send us an email at info at so we can rejoice with you. Why not visit our website and sign up for our regular email newsletter filled with encouragement. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and watch our church services on Facebook and YouTube every week. I'd love to be able to connect with you. My prayer for every one of you is that you would have a revelation every day of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a dirty word. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is the thing we need to be the righteous who live by faith. Hallelujah. Without faith in his grace, we cannot live in righteousness and holiness. Hallelujah. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. We need the revelation of the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will teach us and lead us and guide us in prayer. We've been going through this template that the Lord Jesus gave us of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, Jesus saying, my Father and your Father. The same way that I engage with God, you are now invited in to engage with him. So when you say our Father, you're not saying, Father who's up there a long way away but you're saying, my Father who's invited me in. Ah, our Father. The way Jesus approached you with such confidence, with such affection, confidence in your hearing him, I can approach you in the same way because of the grace of the Lord Jesus. Our Father who is in heaven. You're not distant from me, but I'm seated with you in heavenly places because I have died and been buried and raised up with him and now I am seated with him. Not apart from him, not distant from him. In him I live and move and have my being. I am not a victim on earth uh, trying to struggle and survive. This is the truth of where I am. You see, this is, this is, supernatural and powerful. This is why you need the Holy Spirit to help you engage in prayer because prayer is not just a, not just a practical thing we do. It is a spiritual engagement with God that the Holy Spirit wants to help you recognize. When I pray, I'm not praying at a distance. I am praying as one who is seated with our Father because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we hallow his name. We, we set him apart as unique, is what the word means. To set him apart as holy. And this beautiful pattern is deliberate. God doesn't have us encourage us to run in and just tell him all the things that are wrong. 
because he wants us to recognize his majesty and his glory so that when we ask, we're asking from a place of faith, not a, faith, not a place of fear and worry. Hallelujah. As we see him, suddenly faith is birthed in our hearts and we remember, I don't need to be worried about anything. When I come to ask him, I'm asking one that I have just reminded myself is holy and magnificent. But you need help from the Holy Spirit to hallow his name. The Father says he is looking for worshipers who worship him in spirit and in truth. That is the Holy Spirit wants to give you fresh revelation of the Father, of Jesus, so that you can be provoked to hallowing his name. He doesn't expect you just to do it out of form or ritual. He wants to give you spiritual revelation of his glory so you can actually hallow his name. You can cast your crown before him because you are provoked and compelled. I have to worship you. I got really frustrated the other week just as I was approaching God to hallow his name and saying it's not enough for me to just picture you on the throne and, and say you're worthy and you're holy, though I, I mean it and I believe it, I need some fresh provocation, God, to truly wholeheartedly, I want to worship you like they do in heaven where they are casting their crowns before you out of, I have to worship you because they're provoked with the revelation of who he is. I need that. And I struggled for a little while trying to get a, a new mental picture but as I ask the Holy Spirit, the one who fellowships with me, the one who is my best friend, the one who's not a presence or an atmosphere, but a person yeah, who is with me to help me and always helps me when I ask because he is our ever-present help in time of need. And my time of need is all the time. And as I asked him, asked him for help, Holy Spirit help, I began to pray and intercede in the Holy Spirit, began to pray in tongues, praying again with my mind and praying with my spirit as the Bible says, and crying out, God, Holy God, Holy Spirit, give me supernatural spiritual revelation of the Father of Jesus. This is, you, you said you'd reveal him to me. I need you to reveal him to me, yourself to me in a, a fresh way that I might hallow your name. And as I did and struggling to find a new mental picture, I became aware of his presence all around me. And, and I no longer felt the need to see something because I became aware of his love and his presence all around me, encompassing me. And I remembered God is love. He's the definition of love. And love is more than just a mental picture of what you can imagine or see. Love encompasses every, everything. He surrounds you. And I was lifted up into a place of glorious worship again. And God wants to do that for you every day if you'll make room for him, if you'll make some space, make some time, and we hallow his name, your kingdom come, your will be done. And I ask the Holy Spirit to help me, help me have revelation 
of your kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Ah, this is the kingdom of God. Fill me with your joy, God. Your joy is my strength. Lord, I drink deeply from the river of your pleasure, and I begin to uh, think about the kingdom. I begin to pursue and seek the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy. God, I need more peace. I need more joy. I need revelation of your holiness and who and the identity of what you've given me, your righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You could stay there for a while. Hallelujah. And then I begin to ask, Holy Spirit, I need revelation of your will. I need to know what you want to do about this new building, Lord. If we're, me if we're meant to move, if we're not meant to move, what we're supposed to do, you know. So, Lord, I ask for your will be done. Lord, I ask for revelation in the knowledge of your will, as it says in Colossians, another beautiful apostolic prayer. Give me knowledge of your will. Lord, show me what your will is in this situation. Show, you, show me what your will is in this financial situation, in this relational situation, in my family situations. Lord, show me, give me revelation of your will. And you know what? As I'm asking, I'm expecting that he will. Hallelujah. And as I receive revelation of his will, then I begin to pray, give me this day my daily bread. God, give us as a people, as a church, our daily bread. Lord, give us fresh revelation today. I ask for everything I need. He says, you have not because you ask not. And I begin to ask, and I pray the apostolic prayers. I pray, and I ask, and I ask. I go through all the list because he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God will guard your heart. Hallelujah. He wants you to ask. He is the Father who wants to bless you. I shared um, last week about the desire of God to bless us. It's revealed uh, first to us in Numbers chapter six. Well, in fact, it's revealed to us in the very beginning when God created man and woman, he blessed them. That was the last thing he did before he rested. The, the will of God is to bless us. You might say, oh, that sounds, you know, that sounds selfish. No, God wants to bless you. In fact, it is the heart of the Father. The word, when he says this beautiful prayer, the Aaronic blessing in number six, he says, the Lord bless you. That word bless means to kneel down and give a gift. And we know the beautiful picture of Jesus himself humbling himself as a man, coming down to our level, making himself accessible to us, making a way that we could always have access to the Father. And it's like a picture of a, a father on the carpet in the living room, getting down to, to greet his little two-year-old like this. The father makes himself accessible to us. And I've been looking at um, a friend of mine's book, the, uh, Warren Marcus's book, The Ancient Priestly Prayer of Blessing. Um, I had the privilege of doing an endorsement for and have some, had some wonderful conversations with him about it. He's a Messianic Jew. And he talks about this picture of the father kneeling down to give us gifts. And the, the response when you see that picture of the Lord bless you, 
blessed, meaning to kneel down and give a gift. Your response, my response, when I was reading the manuscript of this book, I just couldn't wait. I was on an airplane. I couldn't wait to get to my hotel room so I could get on my knees and respond to God. Picturing God on his knees, I wanted to get on my knees and just receive what he wanted to give. Hallelujah. Because he wants to bless you every day. God has got daily bread for you. He's got daily revelation. He's got blessings that are beyond your hope or imagination. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask, hope, or imagine. This is the Father. Yes, it's true. He's not stingy. He's not afraid of spoiling you. He wants to bless you. In fact, when Jabez prayed, Lord, bless me indeed. The Lord was pleased with it, and he gave him what he asked. Right. And I pray that. Oh, Lord, bless me indeed. I need everything that you've got to give me. And then the beautiful prayer in, in number six goes on to say, the Lord bless me, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. That word keep actually means to surround, to protect, to hedge about with thorns is actually the literal translation of that Hebrew word. And this is the picture. If you've got the father on his knees and you get down on your knees and respond to him, the next thing as you come close to him is he wants to keep you, to put his arms around you, to embrace you, to encircle you, to surround you with his favor as with a shield. You know, the heart of the Father is that as we run to him, that we would recognize he is our fortress. He is our strong tower. He is the one that wants to surround us with his favor as with a shield. He's the one who invites us to say, Lord, give your angels charge over us to guard us in all our ways. As we ask, as we pray, we have knowledge of his will through the word of God that he wants to protect you. And you can ask and you can run into his arms. The Bible talks about in um, Psalm 91, uh, the, the Lord covering us with the feathers of his wings. He who abides in the shelter of the Most High God will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That's very close to rest in someone's shadow. I'll cover you with the feathers of my wings. I wrote a song about it. It just so touched my heart, this idea of God. You remember the words of Jesus when, he was, when he'd say, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How I've longed to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks, but you weren't willing. God's heart is to surround you, to cover you with the feathers of his wings, to protect you, to comfort you. You know, the Holy Spirit is available to us as the comforter. Some people, they don't actually take time to recognize their need for comfort. But every one of us has a deep, deep need for comfort. In fact, a lot of people, they seek comfort in so many ways and they can get temporary fixes, but find at the end of the day that there is still something deep within them that just isn't satisfied. 
They think if I could just marry the right one, then they would fill my needs for comfort, for companionship, for fellowship, for everything I need. And then they get married and they realize, I still got this need. Because this need is not something humans can fill. It's a lovely thing to be able to have marriage and family and friends. It's a beautiful thing. But if you're thinking it'll be the answer to the deep cry of your heart, you're wrong. Because God alone can meet that need. You see, it is deeper than what a human can give you. That the need, the cry in your heart is for a comfort, a joy, a companionship that only God can fill. Now, I really believe a lot of people have been feeling lonely. That there's been, particularly with all that's gone on in the world, loneliness has become a real thing. And even for people who are surrounded by people, they're still feeling lonely. And you know, the answer isn't going to be in you making everybody else be what you need them to be for you or finding someone new to be what you think you need. The comforter wants to satisfy your loneliness. The, the comforter wants to be the companion, the friend that you've always longed for. The comforter wants to satisfy you to the place you are so whole that every relationship you have is suddenly healthy because you're no longer trying to make them fit a space that only God can fill. Hallelujah. The comforter of the, the comfort of the Holy Spirit as he surrounds you, as he covers you with the feathers of his wings. He wants to comfort you in all your trials, all your afflictions, all your tribulations. The name of the Lord, as we, as we hallow his name, we remember he is Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is God who provides for us. God who heals us. God who restores us. I was talking with Amy Dawson the other night and she was saying when she comes to hallow his name, she thinks about all the names of God. But God wants so much in that place of keeping and comforting. He wants to remind us, I am everything you need if you will simply open your heart and take the time to receive it. We have not because we ask not.